Okay, let's dip into this new moon in Aquarius. Um, I'm probably not going to post the... No, I will. I'll do the ritual too. Yeah, okay, I'll do the ritual. So, there's my notes. Okay, here we go. So the Aquarius new moon at... 12 degrees Aquarius. So I'm just going to start off with the star. The star at 12 degrees is the star called Armis. And so Armis is actually the star that's in the heart of the Capricorn constellation. So it's in the heart of the sea goat. And you've heard me talk about the mythology before behind the magical sea goat. And so the star being on the heart, you know, it is right there showing us that and all the alignments that I speak about afterwards will confirm this but right there it's showing us that you know it is a very heart-based um moon but with that Aquarius you know it's more about like really trusting in what trusting in what we can't confirm, trusting in what we feel, trusting in what we know, and trusting in what we've been guided and what we've been shown. And in that essence is like where the heart message is. Because if you think about Kronos, like he was constantly trying to like turn back, or the seagoat, sorry, was constantly trying to like turn back time so that the goats would stay. Like if he would have just opened his heart to the goats being on land, then you know, he could have seen, like, the magic evolve there. So, we have some pretty, um, we have some pretty good alignments here. So, we've got a square happening to Uranus. So the square to Uranus is, like, Uranus right now is in Taurus pushing for, you know, change. Uranus is, like, that abrupt electric change that needs to take place that maybe you don't really want to take place or maybe you don't like or whatever but it's that that needed change and that needed force and it's in Taurus and Taurus you know doesn't want Taurus doesn't want to change Taurus is is a fixed sign can be rather stubborn it's not really that ecstatic to change it's kind of more like and especially with like that forceful push from Uranus that's like yeah let's do this and you know Uranus is essentially like coming in hot and Taurus is like whoa 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 can we just like take a step back here and um you know like Let's see what's going on. Basically, that's what that's what he's saying. Like, 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 just give me a hot minute. You know what I mean? Anyways, and then um, we've got. Sorry, I'm just trying to pull up my pull up my notes, and at the same time, pull up my chart. So we also have like, so we've got the sun, the moon, and then we have Saturn all kind of together in that area of Aquarius. So they're all together. And so when Saturn comes in, and if you listen to my previous recording, you will know that, you know, Saturn has a bad rap because Saturn is like that slow, torturous lesson that we need to learn, but it's imperative for our evolution. Taurus, I mean, Saturn. Saturn is, it's like that disciplined action that needs to take place. It's slow, it's methodical, it's it's not in a rush because it knows that it needs to take its time wherever it is. It needs to be disciplined. It can be restrictive in some, but let's also remember that, you know what I mean? Like Saturn and Libra, Saturn likes being in Libra, which is 
you know what I mean? Like here's Capricorn and Libra square each other, but then Saturn likes to be in Libra. So it likes like, don't be fooled. It likes interaction with others because it knows that interaction with others is imperative for our evolution as well. It just is that responsible part of us that's like, hey, we don't need to act a fool here and, you know, um, be erratic and irresponsible. We need to like rein it in and like really be mature, responsible and um, approach this with discernment essentially right like that's that's that energy so we've got like and so the moon getting all excited here because we're getting into it so i'm getting all excited so calm down okay so we've got the sun and the moon conjunct when it's a new moon right they're with each other and when things are conjunct they just like it's like they mesh together so it's like your it's like the sun is our consciousness and the moon is our subconscious it's our inner versus our outer so they kind of like merge together. I always like to say like it's like your emotions are brought into your consciousness. And so with Saturn there too, Saturn is like, okay, your emotions are brought into your consciousness. Now let's not get crazy here. Whereas like that full moon is like that opposition. The sun is like really like, um, opposing and like irritating those, you know what I mean? They're illuminating, illuminating as well, but in a totally different way. The illumination with the new moon and the conjunction, it's not even necessarily, they're so close together that it's not even necessarily an illumination. It's like a merging right? It's emerging. It's a coming together. Your inner and your outer world are coming together to start anew, right? There's what is the mission? Because all of, like your new moon is like your new six month journey. It's a new six month lesson and you will have them, you will go through six months. And at the end of that six months, you will have your final lesson in the, in the full moon, right? So like when the moon is full in Aquarius, that will be your final lesson. Hopefully and then you will start to manifest, I hate that word, but manifest into the world now that you have gone through all of those lessons. So when the new moon is there, the new moon is like, hey, you know what I mean? What have we learned in the last little while that we need to like let go of to like really step into this piece of you that's being illuminated that's trying to come forth because it's all like it's all you right like your life and everything is all you when you're working with the moon when you're working with the planets you're working with yourself you're working to help integrate and to help nurture and to help you know pull up and into and embody these pieces of yourself that have maybe been dormant or have been ridiculed or shamed or guilty you know what I mean like Working with the cosmos is shadow work because shadow work is life. Like you can't go through life and not work on like your shadow pieces. It's all about integration of all of that because it's integration of self. Awareness is the integration of self. And then once you integrate and embody all of the pieces of yourself, you show up authentically. Right? So that's what it's calling. It's like what has been brought into your consciousness that needs to be released in order for you to fully embody what is trying to come forth and be authentically you. And what lesson needs to be learned here that we are now going to journey into. And so with Saturn, Saturn is really making us look at like our karmic cycles. It's making us look at, you know, maybe where we haven't been so disciplined um, it's making us look at relationships as well. And I say this too, because Venus was just retrograde. It's now direct. It's been in Capricorn ruled by Saturn. So like relationships have been like a super forefront. So like relationships right now are at the forefront for you to really take a look at and get some more discipline. 
self-discipline, discipline, deal with those core wounds that are always constantly being illuminated and brought forth in relationship. And before you start being like, because I've been there and I've done that, that's what they're meant to do. Relationships are meant to pull forth those things that you have a blind spot for, that you can't quite see or that you think you've gotten over and then this person comes and is like, you think so? Let's see. And kind of pulls it back out. It's not a bad thing. It's, it's really not a bad thing. It's about finding the partner that's able to see, witness, and hold space for that while you journey through that. And the sooner that they do that and hold space and are there for you, the sooner, well, I cannot speak, I'm sorry. The sooner, I'm going to blame that on Mercury Retrograde just because again, the sooner that you work through that and the sooner that you start to integrate that back into and embody those pieces of yourself again that you were rejecting, those pieces of trauma that are coming forth to be uncovered and discovered and recovered. So, um, it plays like an integral piece. And because it just came out direct and because of Saturn, like, you know, Venus is playing a part in here. And I've heard a lot of astrologers say like, oh, Saturn, blah, blah, blah. We're going to be in some heaviness. You might be in some heaviness, yes. But it's imperative that we don't look at Saturn as like that, like, we can't look at any of the planets as bad. They're all needed and they all do their job and they all do their job well. We feel bad when we resist what's being shown because we don't want to see sometimes where we need to dig deeper into our lessons, where we need to do some more work, where... um we need to, you know, dive deeper. So a lot of times we can reject the planets because of that. And so, you know, we've got the, we've got Saturn, we've got the moon, and we've got the sun all in Aquarius. Air sign. So automatically, you know, the mind is at play here. When you've got an air sign, you've got your mind at play. And so I myself, so my moon is in Aquarius and it directly opposes my Mars. And I can tell you right now, when I let my mind take over, when I am emotional, I am a hot mess. Straight up, I'm a hot mess. My mind will play tricks on me. My feelings do not. It's not about not feeling. It's about becoming the observer of my feelings so I don't get lost. Because Aquarius is. Aquarius gets a bad rap for not feeling, but we have to remember that Aquarius is wedged in between Capricorn and Pisces. And Uranus is all about energy. It is all about feeling. It actually is like super like erratic and like it's big. It's like big, big feelings. And then there's Saturn that wants to like repress those feelings. So you got Aquarius in the middle of like Pisces that feels everything and Capricorn that tries to feel nothing. And you have that teeter-totter for Aquarius. And I can tell you right now when I let my mind take over and everyone thinks like this is insane because... You know, it's an air sign and of course your mind is going to take over. No, it's my body that I need to listen to. And I know that because the co-ruler of Aquarius is Saturn. And so the body is what is telling me, not just that, but Uranus, that energetic flow within you, that is what I need to listen to. My mind will leave me astray all the time. It will lead me back into that little girl that feels rejected and unlovable, period. Every single time, no matter what I'm feeling, if I let my mind take over, that's where I go. If I follow the feeling and I allow my body to speak its wisdom, I have the most beautiful breakthroughs. And so that is a huge lesson when we're in like that Mercury, I mean that um, Aquarius energy because Aquarius is very mind oriented. It's very visionary. It's very energetic. It's very futuristic. But it also has that grounding of Saturn. So that Saturn coming in as the co-ruler, 
also slows down that Uranus feeling a little bit too. So where Capricorn, you know, isn't going to really like change that much, Aquarius knows that change is like needed. We need to get out of the traditional because it doesn't serve the future. We need to not just think about our legacy, but the legacy of humanity. And so it's the merging of that Saturn and that Uranus energy that allows for that Aquarian futuristic vision to come through. And that can be kind of the downfall too when it comes to Aquarius because it can be so outwardly focused that focusing on itself. And I can confirm this too. Like I can hold space for somebody else's emotions no problem like no problem you come to me and you are emotional and you want to cry I I got you my emotions though feel overwhelming they feel like I am literally drowning in them and I have to isolate in order to be able to like allow myself to go through that if not I'm very very easily influenced by others by their energy like okay for instance I can be like I'm I'm probably like a really bad example of like a um, Aquarius moon because I am like sensitive as hell I am like just a sensitive soul my feelings can be easily hurt sometimes I'm like allergic to like I'm physically sensitive spiritually sensitive like I'm a medium I speak to the dead and channel you know, people who have crossed over, like, I am a porous and sensitive being. I'm emotionally sensitive too. Like, I feel deeply. And when I got into human design and gene keys, that's actually where I really learned how to, like, not take my sensitivity as a bad thing. So when I was just doing astrology, I constantly was like, oh, like, I don't understand. I'm supposed to be an Aquarius. I'm supposed to be super detached. Like, why am I such an emotional basket case? When I got into more of, like, the energetics of things and got into, like, my human design and gene keys, I am, like, deep. Like, my chart holds, like, the well four times, which is just, it's depth. Four times. And my life's work is literally learning how to transmute suffering it's like it's deep I've got like I'm just like a deep person I I struggle with superficiality I struggle with small talk a little bit I'm really learning how to not struggle with small talk because I'm realizing like it's needed for like connection like you can't just go up to people and be like so like tell me about your childhood like what are your deepest fears and traumas people are like who are you so I'm really learning like the importance of small talk and like opening up like that energetic field and also to be able to discern like is this somebody that I energetically connect with and want to do that deep dive with so I am learning more of that but I've struggled because I I'm like, let's just like get to the juice here. Like, let's get to know each other. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really care about like, you know what I mean? Yeah, the weather is great. I don't really care about the fact that the weather is great. Like, how are you? What's happening with you? Are you great? Are you okay? Like, let's get into that. Anyways, going off topic here. I am super emotional. I'm very easily influenced by others. And so for instance, if I'm sad about something, if I'm going through something and I am fundamentally sad, If I don't allow myself the space to just be sad and instead I reach out to somebody and let's say I reach out to somebody and like that somebody loves me and they're just like, what? Like, no. And they get angry in defense of me, which is very common to do. I do it too. You know what I mean? It's very common thing to do when somebody is hurt. You feel defensive for them because you don't want them to be hurt. And so you want to like, you know, be the crusader that's like, no, that you deserve better. Like, no, rawr. You know what I mean? The people that are in my life that do that, I love them for it. But if I do that and I don't give myself the space to feel that sadness first... All of a sudden, I'm mad and I'm like, yeah, that's right. I'm mad too. Rah! And then I'm spinning out, acting a fool and being super reactive because I'm not actually mad. I'm actually hurt. I'm sad. And so everything gets convoluted 
because I'm just so influenced by other people. And to be honest with you, I've been like that my whole entire life, but except for my whole entire life being super bitchy and defensive and keeping people away so that I didn't feel that. And I spent a lot of my life also dissociating because when I would get upset, I would instantly go to other people and want them to help me through my emotions and lean on them to like, okay, how should I feel here? Because my emotions felt super overwhelming and I spent a lot of my childhood alone. So I didn't really learn how to navigate my emotions in any sort of healthy way or at all. I spent a lot of my time alone kind of wondering like, either you know hiding because there was a party going on and it was like loud and there was tons of people there and it was overwhelming and I was young and I needed to go to school and I needed to go to bed or like it was the weekend and I just was over it or like alone in my closet you know with my stuffed animals and a flashlight and a book not knowing when my parents were going to be home and because I was a child there was always that fear that like what if they don't come home And so I would hide in the closet by myself. Loved forts. Forts were like my jam. But I would make them in the closet with my little stuffed animals and stuff like that. And that's where I spent most of my time. So I never really had like the interaction. Like I was never really taught how to like navigate those emotions. You just kind of like, you're just like in them. But when you're in them, when you're a child like that and you don't really like know how to navigate them well and you're not really taught there isn't like a safe space for you to be able to be like yeah that probably was scary you know what I mean you're just like it was like you're in survival mode anyways so when I was young being alone was the only way that I could like feel my emotions too and so it takes me back to there, but it's, and then I tried to, so then as I got older and I was trying to like do all this healing, I was like, I need to reach out to people like women emotional because when I was young, I spent all this time alone. To be honest with you, when I was emotional and I spent time alone as a child, that was healthy. If I would have had the interaction with a guardian, parent, whatever, that allowed for that safe place so for them to be for them to have like validated and honored what I was going through and then I could have had the safe space to go by myself and feel my way through those emotions that never happened it was just like alone time so they were never really validated they were always kind of silenced they were always like held deep inside and like never really felt because I was constantly on high alert like trying to like survive and like slightly scared or like you know what I mean anyways We're getting like way off subject here. I'm sorry. But when I was trying to do my healing, I tried to like reach out and I spent a lot of years forcing myself to reach out looking for that validation that I never got as a child. But in doing so, I created that like reactive cyclic pattern of just being so guided by what other people felt. Because I just was like this sense of a little bug that was just like going around like absorbing everything. And you know, when you're a When you are just really open um, and like channeling like, um, you know, people from the other side and you're just like really open, you're super porous. You know what I mean? Like you're just like super like open. Your heart and your aura is just like wide open. You're like a beacon for energy. And that's how I lived my life until I was like nine. And then my great grandma died and I shut it off entirely and didn't open it back up until I was an adult way later on in life and hid it from everybody and never told anyone it was this deep dark dirty secret because in my childhood I was deeply deeply punished um for this it was a very deep dark wound for me and there was a lot of rejection unacceptance punishment etc surrounding that and so it was really difficult as an adult to like open up and then you know it's not accepted by everybody there were friends who were like um not really holding space for it and it it was a lot it was just it was just a lot it's always been a lot I guess it's always been always been that big wound and so you know navigating life when you're so open and porous like that like you're just kind of taking it all in um and then when you're shutting it off It was like that like mess of like shutting myself down 
that made me start to reach out to others and like find that validation and I was really actually just constantly trying to find the validation for what I felt deep inside was like that rejection of me anyways do 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 sorry I've been in like a I was in a trauma class like for five hours today so like all of this is like super poignant for me right now so here I am just sharing it with all of you there's so much more to it but I'm gonna shut up now and get back into the astrology because hey yo that's why we're here so the sun and the moon and Saturn as I was saying like they're all kind of conjunct they're all kind of like merged together so Saturn is naturally just creating that discipline for you so the things that you are going to be like push towards are going to be like long-term like long-term goals your future both because of Aquarius and because of like that Saturn planet too you know what I mean it's all like future and so with all of this Aquarius energy it's really important to channel the sister sign of Leo and make sure that like when you are manifesting or setting your intentions or whatever and like letting go that you're doing all of that with an open heart that you are also remembering you yes Aquarius we get it humanity is super important and like you and the collective consciousness is super important this is the moon right now that's like really reminding you that like you affect the world and the world affects you we are interconnected right and so this is like that moon that's like really bringing that forth however we've got mercury that's in retrograde and it's in capricorn capricorn is ruled by saturn and we've also got Pluto and Capricorn too. So we really have like, you know, Mercury and retrograde is like pulling us inward, but it's also like, so it makes it kind of like foggy. Like what do we really think? You know what I mean? And then you've got Pluto and anytime Pluto is in the mix with something, it's death. It needs to stop. And then you've got Mars that's recently come in there too. And so Mars is like that will that fight but it's ruled by Saturn right now so it's that like long-term fight like that again like that long-term goal like how how sustainable is that vitality how sustainable is your fight what are you fighting for and so it brings it even deeper when we think about Venus just coming out of retrograde you know and then Venus being in like a degree closer to what the moon and the sun are in like because it's in the 11th degree of Capricorn and it's really like it's really asking you like what do you want this is what this is what Saturn and the moon and the sun and Pluto and Mercury and Venus and Mars are all kind of like they're all kind of like merging together right now in a sense we're not merging together but they're all kind of like do 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 bouncing off of each other in some degree and what they're all trying to say is like what do you want what are you sacrifice willing to sacrifice to get what you want and how the fuck are you gonna do it part of my french sort of kind of came out there but that's what it's asking like what do you want you are the only person that is going to change your life you're the only person that can make your dreams come true because Aquarius again like it's ruling like those hopes and those dreams and those wishes for your life right so like but you are the only person that can make them come true however your dreams and your hopes and your wishes have an effect on the world around you and the world around you has an effect on your wishes and your hopes and your dreams but you're the only one that can do something about it do you know what I mean? Like your contribution to humanity is needed. And Aquarius, you know, Aquarius, like Aquarius ruled by Uranus, like it's like imagination as well comes into play. But it's also just like that, like that higher mind. It's not just like you know, that mind that's like, like that human mind that's like, uh, like 
you know what I mean? I'm going to go to the library and I'm learned all the things. Aquarius is asking you to like think bigger. This is beyond what a book in a library can tell you. This is what the divine is telling you. This is what the collective is telling you. This is what the realm outside of this 3D realm that the human body is integrated and focused in. This is beyond that. So it's asking you to see beyond the limiting beliefs of the egotistical mind. It's asking you to go beyond and to see and to trust in what you are being shown outside of that and who is guiding you outside of that. Because if we really want to get into it, like, you know, Uranus is a channel. Uranus is a channel one to the other side and to other realms and angelic beings and higher vibrational beings. It is really that channel, that energetic channel of channeling. And so, you know, when you've got... Uranus interplaying here through the Aquarius sign it is like that higher mind and so it's trusting in what is beyond that little mind you know what I mean what is beyond the ego what is being shown to you that's beyond the ego the ego will limit you and the ego like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the ego is bad because the ego is a part of you that was created for like your survival and stuff like that. And we need to have a little bit of ego in order to be able to like present ourselves to the world. You know what I mean? So I'm not going to sit here and like bash the ego because I think like that is like um, spiritual bypassing basically your ego is a part of you. And if you try to deny and run from your ego, you're denying and running from a piece of yourself. But it's about realizing that the ego has its purpose and allowing it to function within that purpose. And Aquarius wants you to push beyond the ego into what is beyond, you know, the smaller mind. I'm going to call the ego the smaller mind. What's beyond the smaller mind? What's beyond, you know, the ego really makes you feel safe. So like, what's beyond that? If you don't feel safe, then what? What's beyond? What's being shown to you? If you can look into the future, and I always find it funny because the future is but is an illusion. It's unknown. It's like the void. We don't know what's going to happen. You could literally die in five minutes. The future is the past projected. Like we project from the past into the future, and that's how we function. And I find it funny because, you know, Saturn is very like karmic past, and then you've got Uranus in the future. So I find it like really funny because it's like you can't really have a talk about the future without sort of recognizing the past and how much projection you put forth into the future in order to make yourself feel safe and secure. And again, that is Saturn. So I just love it when things start to interplay like that. But it's really, I really like this new moon. I really, really like this new moon. It might be a bit heavy and it might be a bit karmic, but this part of the karmic, like we just went through like this massive karmic um, Venus retrograde that was like really pulling up like deep rooted karmic cycles in our relationships. And now we've got Mercury, you know, doing the same thing. And we've had Pluto there for a while now. It's so like we've been in like this like karmic purge for a while. And I'm just really loving the fact that this new moon is like really kind of pushing us like past those patterns and past those, you know, conscious cycles and really asking us to say like, okay, if you let go of those patterns and those cycles who the fuck are you because really who are you most of the time we are pieces of our parents of our society of our friends we don't really know who we are and so Aquarius is the great awakener because Uranus is 
it's that awakening energy. Uranus comes in and is like, hey, yo, whoa, wake up. There's so much more out there. And so you've got like the great awakener coming in and kind of waking us up to who we are. Who are you beyond those limiting beliefs, those patterns that you accumulated from your childhood, from society, from your parents, from your guardians, from your trauma? Like, who are you if you release yourself, if you let go and let die, because here we got a plan all there, of those limiting thoughts and beliefs and those patterns in your relationships and those pieces of yourself that are just begging to be let out. And that's like Uranus energy too. Like it just wants to be free. It just wants to be freed. And so it's like you wanting to be freed. Like who are you? And once once that happens through like an open heart of like who are you? Open your heart and who are you fundamentally? And once that happens, that is your impact on humanity. That is your impact on the collective consciousness. That is your impact on the world. And the world responds to that impact and it's this cycle in this union. And the union comes, like true union occurs when you give your heart unconditionally to another. That's the only way that there's union. And true union is like that unconditionality. And that's what I was saying. Like, remember when I was talking earlier about, you know, like when you find someone that can like really hold space, that's that, un- that's that unconditionality. The person that isn't like afraid of like your darkness. But that's also how you should show up in the world. And I find it so interesting with everything that's going on with COVID and like, you know, the freedom movement and like revolution that's coming through. It's really sort of reminding us that like that union, that unconditional union is so leaded. This is so far beyond like vax and non-vax and those limiting thought patterns too. It doesn't matter what you choose to do. I can accept you unconditionally right? That is the death of the separate self right there. It's a state of union with all beings in the cosmos. Oof. You know what I mean? Like, oof. And so I want to talk a little bit about Vesta because Vesta, which is, um, in Greek mythology, Hestia and, um, she is like domesticity, family, home, and state. And she's making um, like Venus and Vesta are conjunct with each other. Again, and like, so remember when I said conjunct is like that, like merging, like they're merging together. So like Venus, the planet of like love, relationships, beauty, money, values is merging with like family, home, state, domesticity. You know what I mean? Like, ooh, home, hearth, and family, right? Mixed with like love. And then you've got Uranus, which is like trining. And like that trine is like this, like it's like a supporting energy. And look, when when I talk about like the merging and like the supporting and like all of that, I really want to, um, I really want to make sure that it's understood that like that can be both like good and bad energy that you feel there. A trine is like a supporting, but it can also be like agitating as well. Just like a square is considered like bad, but sometimes that square is like good. Sometimes that square is needed to like shake things up a little bit and like offer a different perspective and like force an energy to be like, you know, that's not the, that's not the only way. Anyways, off topic again. I can really get off topic a lot. So with that Vesta, And 
and that Uranus and Venus and like just all of the energy, it's like this desire to feel free and have a whole new level of sovereignty, wild, electric, but disciplined, disciplined in the wildness. freedom amidst unity like that's what this moon is like all about your deepest desires and your dreams come to life by tuning into the collective consciousness and focusing in on that you impact society society impacts you what does that look like there's a level of responsibility with saturn so saturn Meeting the great awakener, as I said, like the co-rulers of like Uranus, there's like a responsibility in like your individualism. Like Aquarius is not like as much as it has like the erratic energy, it's not erratically irresponsible. It's responsibly erratic. It might be unpredictable and it might be slightly erratic, but it's responsible in doing so. It's almost like it, it's almost like in its highest form, it leads from the heart, but not blindly. There's like that level of responsibility to its open-heartedness. There's a level of responsibility to like that, to humanity. And so I'm going to get into the gene keys a little bit here. And so the sun is in G key um, 19. And so gene key 19 is... Um, it's the, um, I like to follow, um, Karen Curry's, um, adaptations of them just because I find like, it's just, she just like voices it so well. And so she calls gate 19, um, attunement in some other stuff. It's sensitivity. However, a lot of the, when you really dig deep into the books and like you read about it, like. I find that human design, and I don't know why, maybe because it got popular kind of quickly, but I find like there is a lot of misinformation about human design, like really, especially about the gates. And I don't know if it's just because like the explanation of them and like the books and like human design and gene keys, like they're really, really spiritual. And so I don't know if people just like have like a really hard time, like really like tuning that in, but like it, it makes it sound like like if you're like if you have the 19 gate highlighted that you're just like this like super sensitive person that's just like in tune with everybody else's emotions but I actually find like people who have that gate defined are like the people that I meet that are like so disconnected from other people's emotions it's not funny what they're sensitive to is they're sensitive to their environment they're sensitive to what is going on around them and most of the time when they have that, I do find that they've experienced trauma in that regard. That's just something that I've noticed from doing um, readings and stuff like that. It's not something that I would necessarily attune to number 19 per se, like gate 19. Like I wouldn't necessarily like push that into the meaning of it, but it's just something that I've noticed in like a lot of the charts that I've done that that's kind of been like a repetition. It's not in every single one, but I've just noticed like there's a commonality in it. And so with the sun in 19, it's really wanting us to focus on new types of relationships because you've got like the 19 is coming out of like the root center and it's like the root center is like the, the pressure. It's a pressure center. There's the head, you know, which is a pressure center. And then there's the root was a pressure center, pressure center of like so you've got the head, which is the pressure center. I always, the pressure center, but I always feel like that pressure is like coming in. Like it's coming in. It's like a portal of like the divine coming into you. And it's like this pressure center of like all is coming in at once and it can be overwhelming. The root is like going out. It's going down like into the earth. And so it's like the, the pressure center to like do, the pressure center to like, be in the world and like who are you in the world you know what I mean so I actually find like 
because of that, there's a little bit of like relationality when it comes to the root center because you are relating to others. Like when you're out in the world and you're operating out in the world, you're operating amongst others and with others and whatever anyways. So it's asking you to think of a new way of being in relationship with others and it's independence through connection. To commit fully is to be truly free. Vision, matched vision and devotion is what creates co-creation. When we give ourselves fully and freely to love, the equation then multiplies. It's no longer one plus one equals two. It now becomes this ever-evolving equation. You've given yourself fully and freely to another. There is no boxing in. There is no one equation makes it all together. It's the essential freedom of the fact that the equation is forever evolving. Totally different way to think about relationships because we think of relationships as very constrictive. Um, I for fact like I myself have always required a lot of freedom in my relationships and I've always been very like boxed in I've always dealt with very controlling people who haven't liked my independence and who haven't liked my freedom so there's been like a lot of like control issues when it comes to like connection and it's and I find and that's just like commonality and those are like outdated beliefs regarding like relationships relationships are really about giving somebody the freedom to show up as their true self and to show you like show you what they want allow them to freely unite with you it's not about like boxing somebody in and controlling them it's about like being free and then being free together and learning how to be free in the world but loving each other in the process because love is free love is freedom love is love is it that's it that's it you want to know like the fundamental energy of the world is love you want freedom you have to have love there is no freedom without love hate is constricting hate is volatile it's small it's like gross you know what I mean love is free it's beautiful it's big it's enveloping and it's like just mm, you know what I mean so being able to be in a relationship that offers independence through connection but also offers like this free commitment Oh, like it's like when you find someone and you devote yourself to that person and then within that devotion you guys create oh, that right there is like pure freedom no one is making like devotion is choice right you can't devote to someone if you don't want to and you don't choose to you can't make someone devote to you that's like not a thing when you allow them the space to devote freely to you and within that place you guys create, whatever it is that you create will automatically be successful. Because you're creating it from this space of like embodied success already. It can't help but be successful. You look at those couples who like build empires and like they are like just, living it there is so much love and freedom within that relationship that that empire that they're creating can't help but succeed period so that's with the sun in 19 and then you've got the moon in 41 it's the creative fire ignited by your imagination this is the energy of literally seeing possibilities everywhere and being in creation with the universe because you're in rhythm with the universe and when you're in rhythm with the universe and you create from that space you automatically 
break old patterns and limiting belief because you automatically are creating from a space of miracles beyond the constriction of expectations. And so, oh, I wanted to read, like, so attunement is gate 19, and so I really like the rendition that she uses, uh, Karen Curry Parker. Um, attunement, so much more, like, so much more. It's, it, you know, the sun is in Aquarius there, like, attunement, Uranus, like, it just makes so much sense, like, day. You know what I mean? Yes, sensitivity. Aquarius is a very sensitive. I'm not going to lie. Aquarius is a very, very sensitive. You, that Uranus, it's sensitive. You're a channel to the divine. It is fucking sensitive. Sorry, again, my French. Um, but it is sensitive. But it's... And it is sensitive to like the emotions of others. But it's so constricting when we put just that... You know what I mean? If you have this gate 19, you're just like a sensitive being. Not necessarily. Being in tune with others, people's emotions and what they really feel requires a whole lot of awareness of self. If not, it's just projection. Anyways, she says attunement and I really like how she changes attunement. It's still sensitivity, but it's attunement. And she speaks about sensitivity. To learn how to manage being a highly sensitive person and not let your sensitivity cause you to compromise what you want and who you are. To learn to keep your own resources in a sustainable state in order so that you have more to give. To not martyr yourself to the needs of others. To learn how to become emotionally intimate without being shut down or codependent. I talked about that earlier when I talked about myself. I was either shut down or severely codependent, right? So learning how to like really be like emotionally intimate and it can be a tough one. The mastery of this is the ability to sense the emotional needs of others and your community and know how to bring the emotional energy back into alignment with sufficiency and sustainability. The ability to be emotionally vulnerable and present to increase heart to heart connections. Mm-hmm. the unbalanced expression being overly sensitive and shutting down or compromising your own needs and wants feeling disconnected from others as a way of coping with being overly sensitive being emotionally clingy or needy as a way of forcing your natural desire for intimacy and so this is this is where my moon is like, ugh. this is where my moon is in my chart <laughs> and you know that could be why I don't like the word sensitive used. I mean, right there, there's like, I spoke earlier about how I'm a really sensitive person. It took me a long time to get there. Maybe that's why I was like, I reject this idea of sensitivity. It talks a lot about sensitivity, but I really like attunement. It's being in tune and in attunement with yourself and others. The more you are in tune with yourself, the more you are able to discern the emotional needs of others without it being projection of your own. And so then um, I'm going to get into the 41. And so the 41, I do not have this in my chart. I don't think anyways. No, um, I don't. The 41 is the gate of imagination. To learn to use your imagination as a source of creative inspiration and manifestation. To experience the world and imagine more abundant possibilities and to stay connected to your creative fire. The mastery is the ability to use your creative imagination to generate ideas about new abundant opportunities in the world. To sustain these abundant visions, share them when necessary and use your imagination to break old patterns and limiting beliefs to be able to hold the vision of a miracle that transcends expectations. Unbalanced expression, to imagine worst case scenarios and fixate on them. Denying your creative capacity and abiding your creative power, being afraid to share other options because they defy the current expectations or patterns. Being afraid of being judged by others for being a dreamer. And so, as I was saying like that, if you are able to see the possibilities everywhere and create within the rhythm of the un- with the rhythm of the universe, that is what that force that force right there breaks old patterns and limiting beliefs because you are holding space for miracles that are beyond the constriction of expectations your imagination lights you up and so 
here is where the moon placement is in the 41. And so it's asking you to like imagine who you are and what you like imagine what you want imagine your desires what happens if you imagine your desires what are the possibilities once you tap into the imagination rooted in desire in passion in creation of your deepest desires of your um dreams and hopes and wishes and what limiting beliefs and old patterns break free once you do that. So again, I like I said, I always find that... Um, okay, sorry. My, my moon is in the 41 on my conscious side. And on the unconscious side, it's in 19. So I have both of these energies that I just talked about. That's hilarious interplaying with my moon energy awesome um good times i also have the 41 as my south node in my unconscious sorry pulling up my chart rude of me so that's the energy for the new moon if i can give any advice it's the advice I would say if you want to do some journaling, oh, if you want to do some journaling, let's sink into the feeling of that. Let's, let's, let's ask, let's be guided here. Like if you wanted to sink into some journaling here, I would just, you know, what are my deepest desires? What are my deepest desires? What are my deepest desires in relationships? What are my deepest desires for myself? You could even ask the question like, who am I? You can even go so far as to say what beliefs are mine and what beliefs are others and how have the beliefs of others constricted my own personal beliefs? What, what beliefs, what old patterns are breaking free, wow, free as I tap deeper into my imagination? As I allow myself to feel into these new relationships that are based on freedom and if I devote myself to co-creating with myself and with the universe with with if I allow myself to open up and be a channel to the divine and be a channel to those higher realms okay oh here's a good one what am I co-creating was a good one right oh so good what am I co-creating um what else you know i'm gonna leave it there i'm gonna leave you with um a card pull to do um i used tarot if you do not use tarot and you want to use oracle i use or you can use oracle and i want you to three cards i pulled four actually i pulled five and so the first card is, um, and it's all about you. So something, uh, something that you need to celebrate. What is something that you need to celebrate? Um, what lesson are you learning right now? So card one, what do you need to celebrate? Card number two, what lesson are you learning right now? Card number three, what is falling away? What are you releasing? Like, what are you releasing? Um, and then number five is just advice. Advice from your guides. And then I did an oracle card, which was like, what? Um, and it was an animal one. And I just said, like, what spirit guide is um, showing up? And you know what? Since we're here, I'm just going to share with you. So in the um, what do I need to celebrate? I got the hermit card. And I was like, oh, <laughs> But really, I'm celebrating my ability to learn from my experiences and truly be with myself, which has always been something that's been really hard for me is the acceptance. You know, I've always wanted everyone to accept me, but I had a hard time accepting myself. And I've really been like accepting myself in like all of my humanistic glory 
and really allowing myself the space too to like come undone sometimes like I'm like you know what I mean like I'm phenomenal but I'm also like a disaster all at the same time and that is the beauty of each of all of us is like we all are we're all these like phenomenal gems you know what I mean but we all have like this little bit of like messiness in there too and I am just like really learning to like be with like every aspect of that um I'm learning um celebrating the fact that like there's lessons in all of my experiences whether good or bad and all the magic I see in everyone else it already is inside of my heart I don't really need to look out like I don't need to look out for validation I don't need to look outside of me really for anything um I am the sage and so I need to celebrate the innate wisdom of my own heart and soul and so for learn um or the lessons that I'm learning I got um page of voices which is a page of swords um and so I'm the lesson that I'm learning right now is I'm really learning to use my mind for what it's made for to learn and to gain knowledge um access memories and be curious and inventive but not to let my mind run amok overthinking leads me nowhere um and it just literally leads me down a rabbit hole of limiting beliefs i may know but i must not project and assume um and stay more in like reality and be aware of clear communication um as a tool to grow so like communication is really important to me um and i think i always limited that it's funny actually i just it's just so funny that this is coming up as like this is like the lesson that i'm still learning I actually just had a complete freak out and was like totally like overthinking and catastrophizing. Wow, catastrophizing. Anyways, um, this scenario, but it was all like made up in my head. And I was just like really in it today. And I had kind of like had a couple moments, like it was like brewing up. There was a scenario and kind of created like the space of like insecurity within myself. Um, and then today with, like I said, I was in like a trauma class for like five hours and like really just like being in like those like um, childhood wounds. And it was, and I had only had like three hours of sleep. It really was just like this recipe for disaster for me because it was like one little remark from a friend of mine and boom I was in this like catastrophe of my own mind and then called the person and like just projected all of this and they were like whoa like you just like made up this whole scenario and I was like I totally did that like I totally did that Anyways, so I'm still learning that lesson. That is a long lesson of mind. My mind really um, kept me safe when I was younger. I read a lot of books. Um, I was always keeping my mind super active. And so I think that, um, I don't think, I know that like that's a way of like protection for me, especially like in uncertainty. The more information I have, the more secure I feel when I don't feel that there is anything else that I can find security in so that is a lifelong lesson I think for me but I'm really in it right now my mind has been like a little bit more overactive and so this is like the lesson that I'm learning is like quiet that mind because it really doesn't serve me and so for the release what I'm letting go of I got the world cosmos and so I'm I'm releasing this need to feel in control all the time security is an illusion my inner child has forgotten to celebrate as have I and I must trust that it's all unfolding as it's supposed to in perfect timing success is on the way if I can release how I think it should show up and instead just rejoice in the cycle altogether the dissension is just as important as the ascension and it's circular it's constantly a movement so I need to release this linear confinement I'm releasing like this linear confinement so I'm really opening up to like that 
you know, 19th key there. And my advice, I got the page of emotions. And the advice that came through was just like, let go, baby. Let go. Serendipity is feeling your own manifestations come true. They may have come in in a totally unimagined way. And they may not have arrived or they may not have arrived yet. But you're always sending your vibration out. And energy is always moving and responding to you once you respond to yourself feel it all, play with it, and remember it's all coming to you in divine timing. And so that was the advice. And then I got, um, for my spirit guide, I got bear and I got strength. And bear is, you know, bear really pushes you to, like, leadership, which is funny because my MC and my Mars and my North Node is in Leo too, and, like, leadership is a prominent, and it's all in the ninth house. All of those are in, like, my Mars and my north node or in the ninth house so it's like really being like a leader in like teaching and philosophy and spirituality anyways and like really leading from like an open heart it's not about hierarchy it's about um losing that hierarchy patriarchal patriarchal bullshit and like really getting into like leading from a place of like just wisdom um, and like wisdom from the universe. I don't need to be so focused on the knowledge that I've gotten from books and studying and learning. I will continuously be in classes if I don't stop, drop, and roll, basically. And so it's reminding me too that like strength is not always brute force. Sometimes it's the deep retreat into hibernation to explore the cave. Sometimes it's emerging out into the world again, and sometimes it's the mighty roar that comes out when we have had enough. The bear is the ultimate mother, but don't forget to nurture yourself. To know yourself deeply is to hibernate in your heart for a time and then bravely greet. I'm getting emotional here. And then bravely greet the world again with an open heart and free your soul. With an open heart and free soul. And so those were what came through for me. I'm curious if anybody wants to do a little message. I'm curious like what comes through for you. I would love to hear like what you're celebrating, what lessons you're learning, what you're releasing, um, and what the advice says and what spirit animal comes through for you. Or, you know, if you're using a different kind of oracle card, like a goddess or like just whatever comes through from your spirit guides. Um, leave me a message. I am going to, I'm going to do a separate ritual. So I'm going to leave you now. This is long enough. I've talked for like an hour and seven minutes. I always seem to like ramble on and ramble on, but I'm going to leave you now. I hope that you enjoyed this. It was a little bit more personal. Um, I am always interested in feedback. So if you have feedback, if there's something that you want me to focus on more, if you want me to shut up about my personal life, um, I would love to hear it. Totally open to constructive criticism here as this grows. And so I leave you now. Happy new moon in Aquarius. It's also in bulk. So we're in that we are celebrating the energy that is in between winter solstice and spring um, equinox. We're right in the middle now. So like, you know, look for those little signs of spring starting to pop up and like plant some seeds, like really truly like plant a seed of like, what are you like really trying to plant that is going to like come through and start sprouting in spring. So, um, and obviously goddess Brigid is there to help guide you so honor her um i might do another separate thing on that too okay but for now happy new moon all the best <laughs>